up everybody this is indeed the e-man chilling like a villain sing like bob dylan keep it on the lowest and double stuff <laughs> and people who know me knows me that i am i love movies movies are my lifeline movies are everything to me and when i tell you man this next this guest that i have on my show right now man man true blue veteran man i, I like to call him a veteran of the game instead of calling him a legend because everybody's given that l word but I think he's more of a veteran because when you're in the industry, man, you take a lot of hits and you got to be able to survive. And this guy is, he's the definition of a survivor Been on so, such TV shows like Charles and Charles. He was Playhouse. He was in a, a few episodes of Webster. Uh, he was on the episode of the Cosby show. He's been in movies like heavyweights, but you might know him from, from this amazing trilogy of movies called the mighty ducks. See quack, this on my hat quack. right here? Quack, quack. <laughs> Number 33, Mr. Greg Goldberg. A movie called Jesus Revolution with Kelsey Grammer. I'm honored, totally honored to say that Sean West is on the special delivery show today. What's up, hey, Sean? What's up, my man? It's nice to be with you. Yes, sir, man. Did I, did I mispronounce your last name? A little bit, but it's Weiss. But, you know, <laughs> as long as you got the Goldberg part right. <laughs> okay, Sean Sean Weiss, I, yeah. my best friend uh, since fourth grade. He's uh, he's gonna be coming in later, but um, man, uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate your time, really, really do. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. We had a little um, uh, scheduling problem, and I'm glad you're not too upset with me. I'm glad you let me come back on, come on, and and uh, say hello after all that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it's all good. Things happen. Akuna Matata, man, is all over the place. Yeah, man. Man. You know, I'm I gotta you... get me. Dude, what I need is I gotta get me an assistant, bro, because it's just, uh, you know what I mean. I'm like too busy, and I'm not equipped to handle like you know uh, all this, uh, uh, you know, date keeping. So if you know anybody that needs that that wants to be an assistant, because I can't afford one right now. Right. If you know somebody that wants to like intern on the low, let them know about me. I will. I definitely will, man. All right. Um, so, all right, man, this is, I just got some burning questions, like inner child questions. If you don't mind, I'm going to go through right now, man. Um, yeah. So, you know, what was your favorite cereal growing up? My favorite cereal. Oh, dude, this is going to sound lame, but I like Crispix, bro. Crispix? I'm a Crispix eater, dog. Crispix. Yeah. I know it doesn't have all the okay. All right, you want a sugary one? I'll yeah, go yeah. with uh, I'll go with uh, Fruit Loops, bro, and Applejack. Yeah. Okay. I'll eat a bowl of Fruit Loops for dinner right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I was like, I, I, like, like growing up, I wasn't able to get that stuff. But when I would go over to my cousin's house, he would have like all of the sugary stuff my mom wouldn't let me have. There's this one cereal <laughs> called Smurfberry Crunch. And man, oh, yeah. it was amazing. You know, is that, you know what I'm talking about? Not exactly, but anything with a Smurf name in it, I get it. I get it. Right. Oh, it, it was great, man. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so you didn't so you didn't get those uh those sugary cereals as a kid. So you're still thinking about them to this day because of that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I I mean <laughs> I, I love like uh 
you know, uh, but see, I'm an adult. So I like, I like basic four. I like, you know, um, I like the, um, the post O's. I don't know if you remember those. They were like Honeygram. Yeah, I don't love those. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Those crunchy. All right. So you're a 90, you're, you're, you're like, you kind of grew up in the nineties like myself. So, okay. Yeah. Um, my cherished, uh, game system. I don't play video games anymore, but I loved the NES growing up. Right. And my favorite game of all time was Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3. But on the mm. other end of that spectrum, you know, there are games that you just hate. And there is, um, <laughs> I hated Back to the Future. There was this game mm. on NES called Back to the Future based off the movie, but it was really, yeah. really bad. I don't think I ever played it, yeah. Yeah, um, what, what, like, what, what was your favorite NES game growing up? And what, what, what game did you absolutely hate that made you pit? Well, you definitely off? NES was my favorite console. It was probably the time I spent, I logged the most hours on. Uh, my favorite game was uh, Super Bomberman. You remember yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And a game that I've always just disliked, I don't even know why, was Zelda. Zelda? I just yeah. never got into Zelda, man, I don't know why. I can never really get into the RPGs either, man, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Um, that was like the early RPG, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was like one of the first. And, and another game that pissed me off was this game called Battletoads. It was just, Battletoads. it was like, you know, when Ninja Turtles were really popular. Um, yeah. They, so they had, they tried to come out with their own version of Turtles called Battletoads. Uh, it was just extremely it. hard. It was, impo- it was almost impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. What, what are some... What are some of the snacks from the 80s and 90s do you um you wish they would bring back? Hmm. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't eat the, the way I used to in the 80s yeah. and 90s because I used okay. to just eat like whatever. And so now I'm fairly health health conscious. But I can tell you um, they have something in Canada that we don't have here in the USA. And I, for the life of me, I can't understand it. And that's potato uh, ketchup chips. So it's just like a, a flavor that they have for all their potato chips. You see it in 7-Eleven. Lay's has it. You know, all the different companies. Ketchup right. flavor chips. And we don't have that here. So I've always been wanting to know why the heck we don't have that here. Makes no sense, right? I've seen, I've seen ketchup chips. I can't remember which brand made them. But I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Like, yeah. me growing up, like, I loved... Um, Keebler used to make these chips called pizzerias where they were like, yeah. uh, they were like pizza chips, but they were made out of pizza, fried pizza dough. And they were, yeah, amazing. no, I definitely remember those. Yeah. I yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish you would bring those back. Um, uh, childhood celebrity crush. Um, I had a huge crush on the girl that used to play Punky Brewster. Oh, Salemu Fry. That's her. Yeah. And then uh, and then I fell in love with uh, Nicole Eggert. And when I was on Charles in Charge, she gave me a kiss right here. And wow. it drove me crazy for probably two or three years. Wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah, she was hot. I loved um, I love Phoebe Cates, like from Gremlins. Oh, Phoebe from Gremlins, Gremlins, right, yeah. Yeah, she was also on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like, I mean... I, I like the uh, Connie Moreau from the Mighty Ducks, man. Uh, I think her name is Margaret in real life. I thought yeah. she was beautiful. Uh, not bad. 
Yeah, man. Not bad at all. Do you remember and, uh, a girl named, uh, of, uh, I know you remember her, but you remember Elizabeth Shue when she was in Karate Kid? Yes. Or are you too young for that? No, 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 dude. Let me tell you Woo! something. She's on Bye, my list. Yeah. She's on my <laughs> list, man. Like, I, I'm blanking out. And babysitting, too? Man, she was just so girls next door beautiful, man. And um, yeah. and Alyssa Milano. I was in love with Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss, dude. man. <laughs> she's still fire on her Instagram. Oh, oh yeah, she still she still looks good. What, what, what um from from the nineties? Like, what were some of your favorite songs from the nineties? Like, I imagine like when you're on the set of the Mighty Ducks and you have all these young people around you, including yourself. You guys listen to a lot of nineties music, you know. So, what was on your playlist? Yeah. Well, a lot of the guys in the Mighty Ducks were like into. Uh, ska and reggae and rock and funk but i was a hip-hop guy always okay so yeah i mean i used to listen to uh you know i can just remember the singles that we used to like when you heard a song on the radio and you wanted to hear it you would go in and buy a single yes i feel so old saying that um <laughs> but i was big into like uh heavy d sir mix a lot nice. um i was a big mc hammer fan Nice. You know, just all like the big top 40 hip hop, uh, Bobby Brown, you know, Man. all that stuff. I, I'm that is really cool. <laughs> what is the old song that plays in your head and stays in your head rent free and you don't even realize why? Hmm. Like for, for, for a long time, the theme song to Zubily Zoo has been playing in my head forever. <laughs> I don't know if that's rent free, man. You're paying for that somehow. <laughs> yeah, man. It, that's not rent free. Let me see here. I have, uh, you know, what I have a playing playing in my head a lot is some is old Frank Sinatra tunes. Okay. I think that's because my I think that's because my dad used to listen to that. But I'll find myself sometimes like unconsciously humming a, a Frank Sinatra song. That must mean it's deeply embedded, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Frank, man. And, I, and I'm just discovering his stuff now as an adult, you know, as a kid, I never really listened to it, but definitely now. Um. So, OK, so every hero has an origin story and you were born in Jersey, like myself. A lot of great people are from Jersey. John Bon Jovi, uh, shoot, uh, Bruce yeah. Willis, a lot of amazing people. Joe Pesci's from Newark. Uh, so I wanted to know, like, what is some who else? Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, uh, Queen Latifah, Redman. Um, so I wanted to know what it, what was your childhood like and um, what were some of the highlights of you living in New Jersey? My childhood, and especially looking back on it, I don't think I appreciated it then, but I had a really amazing, wonderful childhood. And uh, my parents were great. They were very supportive and, you know, uh, tried to get me involved in as many uh, neighborhood things as they could. And I don't know, I, I just had like a, an awesome childhood when I look back. Like I got into, um, into drug and alcohol treatment recently, recently. And a lot of the yeah. treatment is really centered around like, like unpacking childhood trauma. Right. And, you know, the more I really looked for it, the less I could find. <laughs> I just had a happy childhood. My parents are very cool. And then, you know, I got started in uh, 
in the acting business early in the game. So it was just very exciting for me. Like my parents would take me out of school early to go to an audition or something. And I used to really, you know, be thrilled about that because, you know, it was fun. So I just had a lot of fun um, uh, starting up my career. And I used to have probably my favorite thing to do in life is to be on set shooting a movie or a TV show. So I just had immense fun. That's not the case with a lot of people. Some people don't like the actual process of making a movie because there's a lot of waiting around and yeah. you know there's different different things. You spend a, a, a very small amount of the actual time acting. So a lot of people that like acting find that they don't really enjoy making movies because there's hardly any acting involved. So, but, you know, I just basically had an incredible uh, childhood and the, a lot of the memories that uh, that stand out are like um, you know to be honest a lot of my childhood memories center around things that happened to me like during the movies or like a big movie release so I guess right. that's where probably my my largest memories come from like for instance when the Mighty Ducks one came out, my parents rented out a movie theater and took all my friends to go see it. So it was me and, you know, 50 of my closest friends in a movie theater watching the Ducks for the first time. That was was a a night I won't won't ever forget. You know, um, just to go off of what you said, which is a beautiful segue to the next question where um, I feel like, you know, like I said, movies are are a big part of my life. And the movie for me that really knocked my socks off, because I went to movies before, and, and uh, let's just to let people know, and I said this in other interviews before, growing up, going to the movies was a real luxury. It didn't happen often. You know, it was a real event. And I remember watching Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Now, I didn't watch Raiders of the Lost Ark before, so I was going off with the word of mouth. Plus, I was a Star Wars fan, and I loved Harrison Ford from, you know, Star Wars. And mm-hmm. as an eight-year-old boy, that movie completely blew my mind. It had yeah. everything I wanted in it, you know. And so I want to know for you, what movie possibly inspired you to become an actor and just completely knock your socks off? Well, it's funny because you just mentioned it already. It would Back to the Future is definitely one of those movies where yeah. similarly to what you're describing, I was I can remember being blown away for the first time at a movie. And you know, just totally just captured my imagination and also i was uh i was always a big fan of michael j fox For and sure. i feel like, you know, subconsciously i might have even have modeled a lot of my comedy after his so that would that's an easy easy answer for that question back to the future and you know i can remember standing in line with the huge line uh, down yeah. the block to wait to, yes. to see I, I almost want to say that Star Wars, were they released at similar times? Um, well, the Return of the Jedi was put out in 83. I want to say Back to the Future, at least the first one, came out in 85. Okay, and so not so close. Not so close. But, man, when you talk, man, I could talk about Back to the Future all day. Like, it's like one of those movies to where, like, it's it's I don't want to say perfect, but it comes pretty close. And to think about like to think about even like how and I, I mentioned this before 
and on a um I mentioned this before because uh there's an actor named Dante Bosco and he does a, a Instagram yeah, show called Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. But yeah. he does Monday Cinema Club and uh and we in the the movie of the day was Back to the Future, and I was telling him how like you know. There's so much that went on behind the scenes in that movie, but yet it still worked. You know, Eric Stoltz was originally supposed to be Marty McFly. Right. By, Mar- by Michael J. Fox. And I'm talking about in like there were weeks in production and the, you right. know, he got replaced. But it already such... got a lot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Michael Fox, I guess he was working on the show at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Family, Family Ties. Family so he could really only work on Back to the Future for a few hours out of the day or something like that. Crazy story. It's crazy, but it's a it's a beautiful story because it's a it's a great lesson in life. How like because Eric Stoltz is like a high caliber actor, but he just yeah. wasn't right for that role. So it just it goes to show like even if you get rejected in any kind, don't ever let, you know, that rejection make you second guess your talent. You know what I'm saying? Because Eric That's Stoltz is a great right. actor. But he was just wasn't right for the he just wasn't right for the role of Marty McFly. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that he's any less of an actor. I think that's just a great lesson in life. But it's just a, yep. it's a great movie. <laughs> I could talk about it all day. I agree. And it's one of those movies you can watch it over and over again. And even though you know what's about to happen, it's still enjoyable. Absolutely, man. Gosh, man, that was a great answer, man. Mighty Ducks. Uh I, I want to share this this memory that I have with you. Okay, so. Um, my best friend who's about to join us soon, um, he introduced me to the Mighty Ducks because like I didn't watch the I didn't watch any of the Mighty Ducks until the third one came out. And we watched it together at a theater. And I had no idea what was happening, but he loved the trilogy. He loved those movies so much. I fed off of off of his energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was just like that third one specifically is it's so it's a it's a real coming of age movie you know what i'm saying it's about growing up you know what i mean it's it's really powerful looking back at it as an adult i realized that you know i remember it because i remember that moment of seeing that movie with my friend because it was a remarkable moment and in life you have remarkable moments you have in order to remember things you have to make things remarkable so you have to make memories you know what i'm saying it's important to do that two I realized that so you got to surround you got to surround yourself with people that love the things in life as much as you do. You know what I'm saying? We both genuinely love movies and that was just great. And then also there's nothing like you know um finding joy in finding something new. I didn't know anything about those movies but I fell in love with those characters, wow. you know. Those so are that three, those are three great takeaways from that uh from that situation that's that's really smart of you and i think those are very important lessons for life i wasn't hadn't even really thought about any of those three angles so thanks for opening up my mind a little bit hey no problem dude i just wanted to know like for you with with that specific movie um what do you remember the most the about third. the third one mm-hmm. well we had come to uh to la to shoot that one and on the other ones i think we uh were, were mostly in minnesota but we started that one out here and i guess what you're saying is true it was sort of a 
a coming of age for us because we were, you know, moving into our late teens. Yeah. And so I guess when we made um, the third one, like our parents were on set, not as much. And so we were all just kind of more self, you know, uh, independent. And yeah, so yeah. it just felt like it just felt like we were older. And, uh, you know, we were like, you know, in our late teen teen years and we could really, um, you know, by that time, the communities that we were making these movies and were really em embracing us when we came back to town, because like on the yeah. first one, we showed up, nobody knew who we were and we were just all happy to be in a movie. And by the time we did the third, the third one, um, you know, they would like shut down city blocks for us to shoot scenes and the neighborhoods would come out to watch us film so to end up there mm. from starting from a spot where nobody knew what we were doing was kind of cool you know yeah that is that, that sounds really cool man it's just when i think about that movie specifically there's so many like unexpectedly great moments in that movie you know um it kind of it's like Movies of the 80s and 90s has this thing where, like, say, for example, Teen Wolf. Um, Teen Wolf starts off being a comedy, right? But then, like, on the th in the third act of the movie, it, told it, it changes into this great sports movie. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I, I had an opportunity, actually, to talk to Mark Holton, who played um, Chubby from Teen Wolf. And I was talking to him about that very thing, about, like, it, and it just has this great, this great sports moment where it's, like, you almost forget that you're watching a comedy. And what, like the same thing with the Mighty Ducks, and especially in the third one, where there's a moment where you get handed the puck and you don't even expect it. And you make the shot. Yeah. And you're like, it's such a great moment between you and um, Charlie, where he's like, you're like, don't ever do that to me again. And he's like, Goldberg, we won. It was just, it was so... Just that one moment was just, it was so great, man. Like, I mean, uh, did, uh, do, do you remember that moment? Oh, absolutely, vividly. I remember, I remember reading it in the script for the first time and being just as surprised <laughs> <laughs> reading it in the script as I might have looked when we were acting, when we actually did the scene. I just couldn't imagine right from when there was lines in the script about Russ wearing a Goldberg jersey. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, I remember, and I remember the day we shot it uh, very well because uh, it was just kind of a tricky, a tricky thing to maneuver. But um, I, I remember when we shot it, I was, it's kind of a weird thing to uh, explain, but I, I felt a real sense of joy in have in just playing pretending to make this winning shot as if I did in real life you know it's kind of it's just it's weird I guess it's just acting and when you're acting you're trying to it's all about what if this was really happening right now really I guess and it's just an exercise in that basically and uh, I guess I just really got into it because um you know I remember the day we shot that and just feeling uh, just joyful like I had actually helped the guys win a hockey game <laughs> yeah so, yeah man I mean like that's what I wanted to ask you too man it's like 
how much of you how much of yourself is poured into Goldberg because like I feel like when you go back and watch movies like Mighty Ducks and even the movies like Goonies and what made these movies so great is like I feel like there isn't a lot of acting involved it feels very natural it feels like I'm as a as a as a watcher, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a fly on the wall. If you ask anybody, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people. And when I ask people like some of their favorite movies, they always say Goonies. And it's, you know, and it's something magical about these movies like Goonies and Mighty Ducks that makes it so relatable. So my question for you is like, how much of yourself is poured into that character of Goldberg? And how much is it, is it not acting, you know? Yeah, my, my answer would be all of myself, really. And... <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know at that age what my skill level of acting was. So it's basically you're just pretending all day. Like, what if this was me? What if this happened to me? So it was a lot less thinking about this character I was creating and a lot more of just putting, imagining my real self in these situations. So all of all of myself, I don't know that I could distinguish like here's the line where i leave off and goldberg begins okay right on these are good questions by the way emmanuel i appreciate that man i appreciate that um and, and one of the one of the things in um d3 that makes it that i can relate to a lot is like that changing of the guard and and of like you know even as a watcher of the movie, I feel just as betrayed as Charlie does when Bombay decides to go off and, you know, he has another job and do different things. And we're left with this new coach, which is Coach Orion, uh, played brilliantly by Jeffrey Norton. Um, and I, I can relate to that because I, I took martial arts as a kid. And occasionally, sometimes, you know, um, uh, the, um, my sensei's husband would come in and if you can imagine in your head, uh, my sensei's husband was like, I, I want to think as an adult, he was trying to do the right thing. But a part of me thinks it's a borderline child abuse. He was like an evil Chuck Norris. You know what I'm saying? And he would like, do <laughs> like he'll make us do weird stuff. He'll step on our stomachs and all this other stuff. But I, I want to believe <laughs> that he was trying to like make us better people. But I'm looking back at him like, I'm not too sure. So like, I can kind of relate to that. Like when, you know, you get this new coach is Coach Orion. Um, what was it like working with Jeffrey? And I mean, did, was there any kind of tension as far as like having this new person come in this role? Well, I wouldn't say it was tension and I can't speak for the other ducks, but I know on my part, I was just a little confused as to why he wasn't there. You know, I, I it, it just seemed for us like there like the uh the reason he wasn't there had to do with like all these adult issues that were going on that none of us had right. knew anything about so that's just kind of how i remember it um playing out you know okay cool like yeah. we wanted i mean we all wanted emilio to be there and um i don't think any of us could make sense over why he wasn't there right well, this is a bonus question because this has been bothering me for years. <laughs> this is so awesome. I'm able to talk to you on the D2 cover, right? There's two opposing, you know, players. It's somebody in the Trinidad uniform and it's somebody in the Mike Ducks uniform. Are you that person or is that somebody else? 
Because I'm thinking I am not that person. I'm okay. not that person. I don't know if I'm intended to be that person. I don't know. <laughs> Does that person have a bu- some bubble gum in their mouth? Yes. Oh, that may be why uh, it was a little confusing. But no, that wasn't me. I didn't pose for that picture. But for the, on the I don't know who it would be. I we'd have to figure out who the who's who. What, what two teams are on the cover? Is it Trinidad and who else? It's Trinidad and the Ducks, and then it's like right in the middle. It's Bombay. Oh right, Bombay. Okay, so Trinidad. Yes, no, that yes. was not me. I don't know who it was. Okay, that's a good trivia question, bro. We got to figure out who that was. Yeah, yeah, because you're definitely on the first cover, on the first movie. That's you, right? Yeah, that's me. That's for, okay. for sure for me. Okay. So, all right, so D2 is like one of my favorites. So there was obviously a cast change from the first movie, right? You know, you got a lot of the new Ducks, a new roster of Ducks. You know, you had Mike Batar, you had Aaron Lore, which was really cool because I remember Aaron Lore from this show called Bustin' Loose, which was kind of like a spinoff or uh, off, really? off of the, um, old movie. Yeah, Um Ty O'Neill, Justin Wong. So what was it like um, dealing with these new ducks? You know what I'm saying? Was there was it really cool to work with these people? Or were you like, what happened to the old people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, we were always like, yeah, what happened to the old people? But the new guys were cool, too. And they were just great guys. And they fit in really well with the, with the ducks. So it just kind of like, they just kind of picked off where everyone left off, really. Nice. Nice, man. Um. There's a part in the um in, in the part two where you're talking to the team. Uh, I think you guys are playing Italy. And you say, well, how do you say it in Italiano? Wussy. And I always thought like <laughs> that that was Dizzy's way of saying pussy without saying pussy by combining the word pussy and wuss. Is that is that is that is that, is that about right? <laughs> well, I don't know. I've heard wussy probably for many years before that reference right there. So really? I don't think that I don't think they invented that, but I think you're probably right with the etymology of how it was a really originally created. Okay. But wussy, yeah, they've been saying wussy since for for ages, man. Okay. Wussy is almost as, as old as pussy, but not as old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't think Disney made that up. Okay, because I know a lot of times, like <laughs> Disney, were like you know, there's certain things you can't say or cannot say. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> another question that's been burning inside of me. Um, in part two, there's a there's a point in the movie where um, the, I think you guys are playing, uh, I'm going to say Trinidad, and the announcer calls Adam Banks captain. So I'm like, I was confused because I was like, hold on. I thought Charlie was the captain. So at any point... Was Charlie the the, the that uh, what it was he a co-captain and then there was a captain? Um, well, what movie you're talking about? Ducks two now that you heard yeah. this or Ducks three? Uh, Ducks two. Ducks two. Well, no, I mean, I only know that Charlie was a captain. Now Banks may have come into been alternate captain after in the second movie, but like when I picture his jersey, he doesn't have a C on it. Okay. You know, only Charlie yeah. has a. Yeah, yeah. I, I was always confused by that. Oh. Um, yeah, so, I'll have um, to investigate exactly to see exactly what you mean. There, there is, there's like recently, um, 
and, and and I'm just and I'm just naming just a few people, and I forgot the name Keenan uh, as part of one of the, one of the new ducks. Um, and I felt like you guys really got along, you know, naturally really got along, you know what I'm saying? Which makes the movie more enjoyable to watch. Like, um, and you actually end up working with Keenan later on in Heavyweights. So, what, what, and, and recently he got his star on the, on the Hollywood Walk of, Walk of Fame or whatever. And he seems to be really supportive in your journey of, um, of being um, clean. Wait a so, second, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Yeah. Didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago I, was that? That, that? That was, um, I want to say, two or three months ago. Oh, my God. I mean, that must have been, because I know he was in town hosting the, uh, the Emmy Awards. Mm-hmm. So it must have been around the same time. That's crazy. I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah. God, yeah. He got, got a star. He, it, it's great. I think I, I want to say, um, cause you know, when you get a star, they usually have some people speaking on your behalf and then uh, the actual recipient, you know, talks for a little bit. And I want to yeah, say, you put your, and then you put your hands down on the cement, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they revealed the star. And I, I want to say, um, Kel was there, um, and one of his Saturday Night Live people were there speaking on his behalf. But um, I wanted to ask, like, what was it like working with Keenan and, and like, and I, Joshua Jackson and um, Aaron Lohr? And what was it like working with all these all these great people? I mean, I could go on for for days about each one of them, but you know, they're all, you know. People, uh, people tend to lose credit of, of this fact a lot of times. If someone gets to be a movie star, uh, most likely they're incredibly impressive. You know what I mean? They're the kind of person that walks in the room and everybody wants to be around them. Everybody wants to hang with them. You know, like a lot of celebrities get a bad rap for being like, you know, having a bad attitude with people or being, uh, you know, standoffish. And it's just not what I've seen. What I've seen is most of the, the most successful people are typically like, you know, the most magnetic and the nicest because um, you have to get a lot of people to want to work with you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So definitely that holds true for all of the men that you've, uh, you've mentioned. They're just very impressive people to be around. And Keenan, he, he was just, he was just funny all the time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, we, I just mentioned heavyweights and uh, <laughs> Ben Stiller's in that movie, which is crazy. Um, yeah. You're in the movie. Um, what was it like working on that set with these people? And I want to say, um, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I can't remember the director. Is it Was Judd Apatow the director of that movie or no? It was Stephen Brill. Stephen Brill. That movie was a trip because we were all, they were like warning us about Ben Stiller, like, because we were all there many weeks before he was there. And they kept warning us about like when he got there, like, uh, you know, he's going to be really intense. uh, You know, don't be upset if he's not, if he doesn't, if he's not that nice to you. they, They just kept warning us. And we were all, I know I was like afraid of what this guy would be like. And he got there and he was just totally cool. And, um, you know, he definitely is very uh, a focused actor. And there's probably not a lot of room for being like an immature little kid running around a set near him. 
You yeah, know, yeah. He kind of made us all kind of up our game a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of our professionalism. Yes. But other than that, he was the coolest dude. And uh, he's one of the guys that I remember just watching because he was so funny. Like, this is next level funny you're talking about. Not This is not like average comedian. His performance is so like intense and off the charts that you don't even really get a chance to see somebody like that in your real life ever acting like that, you know? Yeah. Like, like, when, like when's the last time you can remember in your own life seeing somebody like a character like Tony Perkins that's that intense? So we're not even really used to watching that kind of uh, like dense, intense character. So just seeing that up close in real life was kind of like, you know, breathtaking a little bit. But, Absol- um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Man, was the shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like I said earlier, you were on so many shows, but the one specific show you were on, um, that I had a, I had a question about, which was like, I, I don't want to say it's a spinoff of the Cosby show because it wasn't because it was a different character than Theo Huxtable, but um, recently I listened to a um, podcast called The Breakfast Club, and Malcolm Jamal Warner was on the show, and he was talking about this short-lived show called Here and Now, and that you were actually a part of as well. And um, he, I remember him saying, like, if it would have had a better time slot, it probably would have survived. Um, but but yeah. what he said, what he said um, when he said that, he said something else that really completely blew my mind. You were on the show. Most oh, Def was on the show. Also, you had... Uh, Lauren Hill is on the show. Omar Epps was on there too. Omar Epps. And um, what was it like being on that show? Well, I was uh, I was playing like a little Mexican kid and I wasn't Mexican. So I was confused the whole time <laughs> as to what these people wanted, wanted me to do. <laughs> I'm not kidding, bro. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, why? I'm like, aren't I a Mexican? And they're like, yeah, but don't worry about that. You don't have to speak any Spanish. And I'm like, well, then. Well, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's just confusing. But, uh, dude, I I remember watching Chill on that show, and uh, Malcolm was such a fantastic comedian. And I, you're right. I forgot. I forgot it wasn't a spinoff of the Cosby Show. I had it in my mind the whole time that it was. Um, but the, I just remember watching um, all the adults on the show do their thing and. It was the first time I was uh, up close and personal on a sitcom. So I had never really seen uh, people work on a stage play like that. So I was just kind of in awe the whole time. And I thought I was going to be on a TV show for five, ten years. And then one day after dinner, they just came and said, all right, we're canceled. (laughs) I was like, what? I thought (laughs) we were doing this for years. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. That was a shocker. Wow. What's up? Uh, just joining me is my friend, best friend since fourth grade. Uh, he was on two episodes of the, my podcast with uh, Jennifer McGill. I want to welcome to the show Juan Dickinson. What's up, Juan? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, What's so up, just Juan? Enjoying the conversation, man, and listen. Yeah, I, cool, man. How, fourth how grade, long, huh? Long, Holy shit. How long have you been here? I've been, been like here about 10 minutes. Wow, you're like a ninja. I didn't even hear you. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, you had a fantastic question Juan. What, what you had, um something i totally forgot about like um yeah what, what was your question Juan? okay well well my question and i'm glad i made it so i could ask it well my question was um 
how did you, first of all, how did you get into acting? Hey, uh, there was a lady doing a, a talent scout in New York City, and she put an ad in the newspaper that for, I think it was $250, which back then was a lot of money, right? Yeah. 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 For $250, this lady was going to look at your child and tell you whether or not your child can be in uh, television commercials. And wow. so we went and my, my mom took me to see that lady and she, the lady put me in television commercials. Okay, so television. So you start out television commercials. Um, how long was it before you were with Pee Wee Playhouse? I think within the same year. The same, same year. year I started, yeah. That's a, how was it? How because growing up and looking at that show, it was so much, so much. Um, it, it would looking at it would have kids. I know for me, it had me so excited. I like to see all the things that were going on. How was that to be on set with it? Because I know it's kind of like different looking at it or being on the inside looking out. It was, but it was the same. Like, I mean, I thought it was cool too. And it was like one step cooler because like we got to see how the chair actually worked, you know? Okay. Yeah. So it was like, chair, not yeah. Only, yeah. Not only am I hanging out with this, with this, talking chair but i actually know the dude that goes and sits up inside of it you know yeah so it was just like double cool and it was the same for us dude we were just happy to be on that set really and they did yeah. they like they they kept it fun for us you know they they made it they made it like we were always playing all the time so that was your first major like um television I mean, I mean i know you did commercials but like major television um exposure I would say so, yeah. Okay, cool. Unless there's unless there's something I, I don't remember, but I would <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> me and uh, me and Pee Wee had the same birthday. Okay. Nice. This whole time Oof. since I was five years old, he gets at me every birthday with a card or a something. Cool, cool. I don't even know. There were some years I think he found me when nobody else could find me. <laughs> nice. I, I remember. Um, I, there's so much you can say about Paul Rubens, but I'm just discovering recently that Cindy Lauper sung the theme song for that show. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, yeah. Get out of bed. There'll be no more napping. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't even know that. Yep. And, Literally um, learn something new every day. You know, Lawrence Fishburne was on that show too. Yeah, that I know. Yeah, I mean, I he was there. That I'll so never. So what was he like? He was a big, larger than life guy. Very sweet, very friendly. He would like come to the uh, kids' uh, holding area and like tell us jokes and stuff. You know, very sweet guy. And his trick that used to trip us out was that he would show us his tongue and he had some kind of condition where his tongue was a, like a jagged, like a, like a, like a sharp, uh, like a, the tip of a, an arrow. And it had like jagged edges all over it. He would call it something, but he had this crazy snake tongue that he would oh, like wow. whip out and show over. But yeah, it was a trip, dude. It was a trip. Wow. wow. I can picture it. it had like it had like tentacles. Oh man, 
Wow. There's got to be an article on the internet about him and his crazy uh, snake tongue. What <laughs> <laughs> one other thing that I um when I, I was um researching everything that I found out you were on Webster. Yeah. You were on what you did for Elsa. What was it like working with uh Emmanuel Lewis? Dude, I was so happy to meet him because I was a big time Michael Jackson fan. Uh -huh. Heck yeah. So this was like, you know, two, three years after uh he showed up to the Grammys, I think, with Michael. So I don't know. He was very famous to me, is what I'm saying. More famous to other than people because of his connection to Michael Jackson. And uh, oh my God, that guy was like, it didn't make sense to me that he was a grown ass man in a little dude's body. Right. You know? right, right. And I, I don't think I had come to terms with that or knew how to reconcile <laughs> that. So right. I think I just spent most of our time together looking at him like this, like trippy. You know, <laughs> Because like you wanted to play, but he's like, no, I got grown people stuff. Exactly. Exactly. We were all little kids, and he's like, uh, I have adult shit to do. <laughs> right. I, I know I'm your height, but I got other stuff to do. Okay. Yeah, he was little. He was real little. Cool. I mean, I want to say Manuel Lewis probably wasn't more than three feet tall. Mm. Wow. Um, I wanted to oh, ask... That's not true. He had to report. <laughs> I mean, three feet ain't shit, right? That's like... Right. That's, <laughs> that's like... That's dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Now, you were on a Puddin' Pop commercial, right? Yeah, that was the first commercial I did. Okay, did y'all hear me fart? I didn't mean that. Sorry. <laughs> I did. I just thought I must be crazy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was... Your mic is working wonders, I forgot how Your good this part works. Yeah, sir. yeah, yeah. You got that digital, <laughs> Bobby Digital. <laughs> but no, um, you were on you were on a pudding pop commercial, and um, first of all, pudding pops they 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 they're, they're out again, and they do not taste the same. I don't know how they can mess that up, but anyway, easily. Um, like, like how, how what was it like being on that commercial? Like, uh, could you work? I don't know, bro, clubs? but you're gonna have to let at least a minute go by between the time you blast ass and then tell me what pudding <laughs> pop tastes like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, I'm gonna edit it out. I'm gonna edit it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the question? I'm sorry. Oh, was it it's cool? What, what, what was it like being like on set, like you know, doing a commercial? Oh, he was, I was in his, uh, I was in the Jello Jam Band, so I was the saxophone player, so it was just a lot of air saxophone, man, just pretending like you play sax. That was just a lot of that. Hey, the easiest job ever? You know, I could still crush it. You would never know <laughs> that I was not playing sax. Yes. You know, you missed the Mighty Ducks question. I was telling him how, like, the first time we watched Mighty Ducks at the movie theater and how, like, you know, how hype you were. And I had no idea what was happening. And I was like, oh, crap, I recognize some of these people on screen. And I was telling him how special that moment was. Uh, what, what, what are some of your, you know, if there's something you would like to share as far as, like, some of your best memories of watching those movies? Um, I remember one time we um, skipped school. And we watched five Deadly Venoms that day, and we watched Mighty Ducks that day. Did we watch five? You had a oh, long you, white You guys car. both did this? Sir? You guys both skipped school together? Yeah, yeah, we skipped school. 
it was, yeah, going, to, was like, going to one high school. I was going to the, to another one. And uh, you talk about two guys who probably didn't do much wrong at school and didn't get in a lot of trouble. And we just decided it was ju- it was junior senior skip day, and we decided oh, we were going to yeah. do it. We decided we were going to do it. We we watched. We stayed at my house. We got pizza. We watched uh, Five Daily Venoms, and we watched The Mighty Duck. <laughs> you know, you, you know what? Yeah, guys, I think that's why, really, and I'm almost sure that's why people, uh, you know, are so fond of those movies is because of days like you just said right there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. So that's one of my that's one of my fondest memories. I remember, I remember looking at Mighty Ducks too, and when all the other um, teams came into play in um, Trinidad, and then your boy they couldn't stop. Um, Jesse, he, Luis, no, Jesse. Luis, Luis. Luis. Mendo- he my, my yeah, yeah. He, he couldn't stop. It's it's just the, all those things, and like when they went, when y'all went to the park, and the guys, the street guys, were teaching y'all how to um play uh, on another level, and he was like, "You got to use your brakes, baby." You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's things like that. You know, I, I I think about things like that, and then even to go to part three. To see, and I, and I want to ask this question, but to see how think I think the right, let me back up and say it this way: I think that the main thing for me is to see how everybody grew. It was it was a series the way you saw everybody grow in each movie. Now, yeah. for you, uh, what do you uh, 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 what are the differences in your character from one to three that you noticed as you were, as you were doing this that they they just capitalizer kept him growing that made him relevant you know because you know you can have some movies to where the characters don't grow so they're not in the next movie yeah i mean i don't know i've never even thought about that even once like what was the like how did my character grow um and i don't know that uh that he did that much i mean if i'm wrong you, you correct me i mean he was by the third movie he was still blasting as much ass as your friend Emmanuel there, <laughs> he, he was doing that as much by number three that he as he was doing that in number one. So okay. I don't know. We didn't even get him a pack of Tums in all those three movies. But uh, I guess, I mean, I guess he came out of his shell uh, in, in a lot of ways and became more fearless um, after having been put on the spot with right. that game game winning goal and then right. um you know i guess the just the other real obvious thing would be um from the very beginning of the movie he gained a sense of confidence and trust in the team yep. that he yep. didn't start off with and i guess that just kept yep. escalating yep. as they got further down the line i think one of my favorite scenes was when y'all were in the um boutique in Beverly Hills and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is the child on the clothes. <laughs> oh man, that, that, that their was... reaction felt so real. It felt like y'all were really y'all didn't expect those beautiful models to come out. Did y'all it, not it expect did. that? Uh, oh no, we did. Yeah, no, I was oh. requesting them for weeks <laughs> in advance. <laughs> nice. Let yeah. it be somebody hot. Let it be somebody hot. I, yeah. And I, I, I think that again, it goes back to those movies. Those movies had a way of drawing you in, even in, in even in the very first one, that storyline and Charlie 
and the coach and all that. It had a way of drawing you in. And then especially, too, I mean, when I tell you that two had me sucked all the way in, I was wishing I was doing the flying V with you. That, that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how how much it had me sucked in. I didn't go. Know, I and I, I felt like when it came down to three, you, you really at your um, you're really at the high school age, or, or you you you've matured some, and I could relate to a lot of it. It, it. it just had a way of dragging me in and pulling me in. I don't know about anybody else. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in a in a lot of ways, um, like I'm a spectator to these movies, just like you guys are. You mm-hmm. know, so we meet up and we go through the experience of filming them, but I really don't see what the finished thing looks like so in a lot of ways when i sit there watching it in a theater i'm seeing it for the very first time like you guys are and it works on me too like i i get it like i i hear the music and i get goosebumps and i want them to win even though i know they're going to you know um and i think that's how you know it's really good uh filmmaking right when they mix the images with the sound and the story and the characters and so I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm just as sucked in on those moments too. Even with the game changers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was getting into that, you know. Yeah, I was into that. Dude, I I will say this though. I always felt like um, uh, the tutor from part two. I thought I always felt like she was a bit of a hater. She's like, yeah, you guys are on Wheaties boxes and stuff like that. And I'm like, hold on. I mean, like, dude, they're just doing their job. You know what I mean? I always felt like she was a <laughs> hater. And I always felt like, too, I, I felt like there wasn't that much of a difference between Captain Blood Bombay and Coach Orion. To me, they were kind of cut from the same cloth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were both, yeah. like, trying, like, they both had pressure, you know what I'm saying, to do yeah. certain things, you know what I'm saying? But they both were trying to, like, look out for the best interest of the team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was just the next, the next step in that, like the next chapter right. in that. Story. But right. it's very similar. Yeah, for sure. And and it, and it goes to remind us that, like, even as we're growing, like, you gotta have to learn, learn to deal with other people. And, and and that was that was one of the things. Like for me, like I played football in school, and going from varsity, junior varsity to varsity, it was two different coaches. So mm-hmm. it, you had to you had to learn another coach and I think that they really spoke a lot for me and let me know that like in life you're going to come into different people people are going to have a different way of doing things and you're going to have to be able to punches if you're going to be part of the team that's the way it came out to me yeah you know I, I you're so right about that I guess that's the cool thing about and that's a, a reason we love sports movies is because uh, they can cover a lot of these sort of life lessons and general principles in a sports movie, you know, like how to, you know, how to succeed, like how to work with others, you know, and um, I think the Ducks definitely covered a lot of those universal topics for yeah. sure. Yes. And even the third film dealt with death, you know, the yeah. death of yeah. Hans, you know, and that was like, yeah. That was powerful too, man. You know what I'm saying? That I, I love. There, there's this. There's a moment where you know there. You guys are all at the funeral, and Bombay shows up and he puts the the jersey on the casket, and then Charlie. All, all Charlie could do was just look and, and walk away because he was just so hurt. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Through, and, and through those movies, you got to see him cultivate that uh, relationship, kind of like uh, grandson and grandfather type 
relationship. Yeah, man, that yeah, that got me. It being being somebody that, uh, and I think we all have probably have lost people, but to yeah. see that, yeah, that that that, yeah, yeah, very powerful. I forget about that moment, um, but yeah, it, it was a very emotional moment when Hans dies. I, I always remember that um, scene because my my <coughs> real mother. They were during the the funeral scene. They were using our real parents as the funeral goers. Oh wow! So, just, yeah, just as extras. So um, my wow. mom, very unlikely it was for her to do this, but she agreed because I asked her to. I asked her to, so she right. agreed to be in it as an extra. And they ended up featuring her like a full close up for like three seconds of just my mom's face. So she oh, wasn't wow. an extra at all. She was like, like I say, I guess, yeah, they, they call that a featured extra. Right. But yeah, she got put in the movie. So whenever I watch um, the Mighty Ducks 3, I get to see a nice close up of my mom who's no longer with us. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have those little reminders. My yeah. condolences, man. I, I lost my mom. I lost my mom too back like in 2010. So I, I understand. And my dad. Yeah, I, I guess we, I guess uh, around almost same, I think 2010 also. Yeah. When mm-hmm. uh, my mom passed. So, yeah, I know what that's like. For sure. Um, I wanted to, I wanted, I want to say, first of all, um, I don't want to divulge into, like, my, my show is not about divulging into personal business. But I wanted to say, dude, you look amazing, man. You look fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm very, like, for what it is worth, man. Like and I both I, I know why I could probably 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 say the same thing, man. We're very proud of you. Like as far as you being clean for three years, man, that is yeah, quite the you. accomplishment, man, man. Because like, if I'm being I'm being 100 candid here, man. When I read that article like three years ago, man, it, it almost it really kind of, it really broke my heart. You know what I'm saying? I was really concerned. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm such a fan of you and that franchise, and to see you you know, now clean for three years and you have this support system, man. It's it's really, really beautiful, man. So I just want to say, man, congratulations, man. Seriously, for real. Yes, thank Thanks yeah. a lot, man. I, I appreciate it. I feel bad that I had to um, put the Ducks fans through that, but um, I'm hopeful that maybe we can use like a, a hard situation to hopefully benefit some people that, you know, need uplifting is all I yeah. can say about it. I mean, you know, uh, I, I always say this, you know, we all we all have different walks of life. Different things happen to us and we, you know, we so we end up going down different paths. But the to be able to come back from that, because uh, nobody's path is perfect. Nobody's path is perfect. Right. I you know, I as well as anybody else have had some things that we've had to deal with. But to be able to come back from that, man, is amazing. And to come out um, better than before we take the lessons from it, it's, it's uh, amazing. I did want to ask this, well, not since we own this, but I did want to ask, what um, is your motivation now versus five years ago? Or what, Bert, let's talk about three years ago, okay? Uh, what What is your motivation? What keeps you going now to keep you keep you away from um, clean. Uh, Well, the first, well, I guess it's not even a, you know, I was going to say jail because I don't want to go to jail. 
Right. But I gotta say, dude, that's not even like a thing anymore. Like, see, because I had to stay clean because if I had like a dirty test, they would send me straight to jail. So that's mm-hmm. literally what made me stay clean. But now that period of time has ended. So right. I wouldn't even go to jail. I'm not even on that anymore. So, I mean, look, I, I what what motivates me to stay clean now is just I I like the life that I have now. Okay. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. I uh, when I was in treatment, I was in like, dude, they have you go to do hours and hours of therapy every day. You're you're in therapy for like five six hours a day of just therapy. It's a lot, really? man. Yeah, dude. Wow. So because there's nothing else to do all day, and they're and they're you're in treatment. So what are you gonna do? You gotta do therapy. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you be in therapy and like, thank you. So, uh, so one day I got into a group and the guy asks me, he said, now I had to be there. Uh, A judge told me I had to be there and everyone else in the room. I think they were there like on their own. These are all the other patients in the group therapy. Mm -hmm. And he's asking what he asked me, what am I hoping to get out of this course of therapy? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't really know what, what should I be wanting to get out of this course of therapy? <laughs> and he said this, he said, you should be trying to figure out how to build a life that you don't have to escape from. And those words were very profound to me. They stuck with yeah. me. And wow. that's what I've been trying to do these, this whole, the last three years. And I think I've been, I've been successful at it. Um, and I just have a life that I don't want to leave or escape from. And it's, you know, it's that simple. For the life Absolutely. that you don't want to escape from. That, that's deep. Right. Absolutely. I guess what he's saying there is we, we our, our drug, all of our usage stems from our need to escape our life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if we, don't, if we don't need to escape, then we're cutting off the problem before right. it exists. Wow. Anyway, so I think, okay. you know, that's it. Absolutely. So you're, you have this new movie out called Jesus Revolution, and you play a veteran, which is kind of ironic because in the very beginning of it, of this interview, I, could, I consider you a veteran of the entertainment industry. Um, I'm noticing something in Hollywood that's really, that's really magical, this magical moment in Hollywood that's happening now where um, kind of like how it happened for John Travolta, back in 94 when he did Pulp Fiction and it kind of restarted his career. Now, the actors of my generation, like yourself, uh, recently, Jonathan Kwan from The Goonies, he yeah. was nominated for, um, he, he won a Golden Globe and he also was nominated for an Oscar. Um, uh, even Corey Feldman, he's having a resurgence in his career. And I feel like this is like, this is your time right now. You know what I'm saying? Especially with people with great stories like yourself and even, Kiki Kwan or Jonathan Kikwan, who has have these amazing stories of, of these comebacks. So do you feel like, like this is your time? This is your time. Like this is really this is happening. I feel like I believe like this is this is your time. Like this is the time for our generation to shine, you know, um, like yourself. Well, I mean, look, at, um, professionally, I've really reached all of the goals that I ever had already. So okay. when you talk about like, is it are, is it my specifically my time to shine? I feel like I've done that already. 
I'm willing to let some other people shine now. But if I can uh, earn a living uh, inspiring others while also making them laugh, telling my story uh, of triumph over drug addiction while also doing some stand-up comedy and yeah. traveling around the country doing so, that would be amazing. And do I think it's time for that? Absolutely. Yes. Sure. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, and I mean, forget the fame. I'm just talking about just like more work and 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 things like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the most important thing. You know, just more work. You know, for work because you're a working actor. Not many would would uh, see it the way you see it, but you're very insightful, and and that's also the way I see it too. Um, you know, because when I talk about like to my people in my life about wanting to get acting work, I think they feel like I'm trying to chase a little celebrity, too. But it's it isn't. It's exactly what you say. It's work. And, oh, you yeah. know, the only job I've ever had. So right. <laughs> if I knew how to program computers, then I'd be doing it. I'd be Absolutely. Doing it. <laughs> yeah, and I and I always say this too, like you know, um, real quick, I just want to say, like, we, we're living in a time where, like, um, to me, I feel like the movie going, uh, going to the movie theater, the movie theater is is becoming extinct, and I that really breaks my heart. It's, you know, I think COVID had a lot to do with it. You know, what I'm saying I saw the times changing even before then, because I used to work at a movie theater. But I, I feel like it's very important to go out there and support and 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 go, I mean, go to the movies. You know what I'm saying? Last night, I literally went out to watch Creed 3. I would have watched your movie, but it was not playing at my movie theater. How was but, it? Was it good? Oh, Creed 3 was great. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Majors is on another level, brother. It, it's right, it, it, And very metaphorical, too. But um, real quick, how can people reach you? Uh, you can reach me at my, uh, uh, you can just send me a message on my Instagram. I'm at Sean Weiss. Okay, cool. And, and um, I talk to people on there. I've got, you know, I've got many, many relationships with a lot of fans on there. So I'm, I'm accessible. Absolutely. Cool. And um, Kino, how can people reach you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they can call you Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, they can we call, call each other every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. That's beautiful that you guys have such a nice friendship, man. That's that's really nice to see. We have yeah, been we're, friends we're family, man. 30 years. Yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah man. But hey, hey, man, I really, Sean, really appreciate your time. Yes, and sir, I, man. I mean, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man. Like, I really, really appreciate it. That's very nice, man. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, Glad um, we, uh, I'm glad we were able to fix our relationship. Absolutely, man. Thank you, man. I really, uh, hey, uh, things happen. How, how are you feeling, though? How are your ribs? I'm much better. I mean, I can't really do a lot of moving or anything, but it's much better. Uh, when you get to one position that's comfortable, you have to kind of, like, stay there. Basically, yeah. <laughs> or when I lie down, I just take it, take it real slow, and just once I get there, that's it. Right, We're not right. moving. And it's... uh. I'm having this real problem, man, not to like get too personal, but I have a wooden floor in my bedroom and I'm having this issue where I wake up as I'm doing a stage dive to the floor of my my room. 
It's happened a couple times, and that's how I broke these two ribs. So Ooh. I don't even know what I'm going to do because, you know, they just started healing, and then it happened yeah. to me again last night. So, oh, wow. you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. So that's what, that's what I'm working on. As you see, I just went to Walmart. My plan, I got these giant-ass pillows. <laughs> and my thing is to line the floor. <laughs> hey, you got to do what works, brother. Got to do what works. Yo, until I can get uh, the Nerf football people to come in and nerf out my room, I'm, this is all I'm going to have to do. Right, right. Oh. <laughs>